So this is an experiment. It's not a podcast exactly. It's something more like a metacast or an intercast. It's a response to a discussion thread on Infinite Conversations that grew out of the Cosmos Cafe on November 6th, which was titled Developing a Sense of Agency with Invisible Worlds. And this is actually like the third or fourth time I'm recording this. The, ver- the time just before this, the um, <clears throat> recorder stopped. Uh, the app was like not configured properly, and I lost what felt like a really, um, uh, be- really beautiful and uh, fulfilling like reflection back on the conversation as it, it had unfolded because I have spent spent a little time catching up. And I was, my attention was drawn back to this thread uh, by Maya, who shared with me a poem that she wrote in response to the cafe dialogue that we had. And she messaged me with, uh, with a link to the topic. It was the middle of the week, so I couldn't really give it that much attention. My, my attention has been especially in the last three months, like since this dialogue has really been drawn towards the, towards my economic anxieties and concerns, uh, stabilizing our uh, income and um, kind of putting ourselves in multiple contexts, ourselves as myself, Kayla and my family, but also as a community uh, and as a cooperative, like on a sustainable financial and technical and legal footing that has been something that I've been focusing on uh, in the last uh, few months, along with Caroline and, and Doug and others. Um, but that hasn't, the, that, that hasn't really interfaced with the cafe dialogues. And so um, I have kind of fallen away and um, didn't really get to follow through or follow up on the conversation that we had until Maya brought it back to my attention. And this poem, Secret Water, uh, I uh, wanted to read it and to offer a response to it, like an attunement uh, with it, uh, in a way of like practically answering the question that she poses at the, in the last couple of posts before this one, how do we learn to attune together to invisible worlds? And I think that this poem, in a way, is the sounding of a bell to which we might attune to an invisible world. And I think that uh, this bell, at least for me, is giving me a a way of reflecting uh, on the discussion in the thread, uh, particularly, particularly the one between Katina and Ed, who were in a way debating this point as to whether or not the integral, the integral world, which uh, became synonymous in a way with uh, the kingdom of God, is another expression for it, whether that could be said to be real, present, and manifest, and operative uh, in our reality, or whether it was still a kind of scarce resource and still... um, mostly latent, but unrealized, uh, like in our, in our world. And I think this poem reflects on that by 
bringing our ear, our third ear, to the ground and giving us a metaphor for communicating the archaic and the integral and the divine. So I would like to, I, I, I had the time this morning, it's a Sunday morning, to sit with the poem and let it speak to me and let it sing to me. And I was going to just reply to, uh, to Maya specifically, uh, but it's appropriate to bring it into the cafe thread because it also reflects on. So here's Secret Water. I'm going to read it and then I'm going to sort of reread it with my annotation, annotated um, responses and uh, feelings and impressions. And, uh, and, then I'll, and then I'll stop the recording and post it. Secret Water For Michael, John, Marco, Doug Millennia of snowfall and snowmelt Still flow underground through desert land Mojave, black rock, painted Petrified, Sonoran, Chihuahuan, Great Basin. Unreachable deep in alluvial bedrock under Nevada, Arizona, and New Mexico. Sometimes I can hear water's regional dialects, faint burble of water tongues resembling birdsong or spirits. Sometimes audible creaks rush up fretwork of cottonwood and juniper. Exhale rain clouds breaking up, water falling. Sometimes we dance the water dance, the whirl of infinitesimal seas, H and O, a hundred sextillion molecules, do si do, millions of times every moment. And in our own limbs, fossil waters. So old, they quenched the thirst of lizard birds and legged serpents and dawn horses, alive and dying before we were born. Feel how water moves mind over tree skin or pixels of color. How we speak, even when we are only water again, and air and earth and fire. And what I appreciated about this poem is the way that it brought simple and elemental language to name the voices in the dialogue. And the millennia of snowfall and snowmelt that flows underground through desert land, that ice, that snow becoming liquid, I feel that this is uh, speaking to great cycles of processes that are alive within us and that we partake in and participate in more broadly. And we have names for the land, right? Mojave, 
BlackRock. We have states that uh, we divide the land up into, Nevada, Arizona. And there is this language, there are these words, which are English words, they're derived from, they're imitations of indigenous, uh, native, what we would now call Native American words. And they named the land, but in the land, underground, there's this water, this secret water. And I thought secret water, there is a non-human agency, perhaps, to water, the way that it finds its way, and the way that it goes deep, and the way that it comes up, and burbles, and flows. I think that this poem brings our attention, or focuses our attention, or raises our awareness to the agency of that, that flow. Because the, the water has its own language. Sometimes I can hear water's regional dialects, faint burble of water tongues, resembling birdsong, natural, or spirits, supernatural. Sometimes audible creeks rush up fretwork of cottonwood and juniper. And I imagined a guitarist like Andre Segovia uh, moving his fingers very up the fretwork of his guitar. Exhale, rain clouds breaking up, water falling. The water coming up this fretwork and into the trees and the branches and the limbs and the leaves and the little capillaries and then evaporating gathers, forms clouds that break up. And we dance, the water dance, the whirl of infinitesimal seas, H and O, and a hundred sextillion molecules, do si do. I'm taken to the scale, the, na- the micro scale of rushing water, all the activity, all the life, at that microscopic, the atomic scale, the H, the molecules uh, rushing about. And that water being eternal. Well, eternal-like, I would say, because the, even the atoms would break down into their component subatomic particles and, and so forth but on the human scale water air earth and fire are the archaic elements and we're made of this ancientness we share in the same stuff of lizard birds, legged serpents, dawn horses. And here the connection with Bateson comes in because water moves mind. So the, the shared ecology of 
matter or physical uh, manifestation and mind or mental manifestation. Water moves mind over tree skin or pixels of color. In this moment, I'm reminded of the cafe again and the fact that Maya watched it or listened to it on YouTube, probably. This is the only moment in the poem, by the way, where um, where something of the technological or virtual comes back. And I think it's an interesting little pixel uh, in the poem itself that reminds us of this uh, tie to the virtual, even in this very naturalistic kind of setting in in a desert. What I felt that this poem was bringing attention to and invoking resonance with this invisible world of the secret water underground, this presence of a profound power that may not be seen. I think that what this poem, for me, attunes to is the common element or the common elements that may take many different names, shapes, and sizes, and forms, but which moves through them all. This may be secret water, maybe integral water, maybe holy water. And I hope that this um, metacast or this intercast carries uh, some of this water lets it flow where it needs to go.